Hello, 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 and welcome to the 10-Minute Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Stefan. Thank you so much for checking us out. I really appreciate it. We have a lot of basketball to talk about, and so I'm actually going to drop two extra episodes this week, just because I love y'all and miss y'all. So, first of all, happy birthday to me. Today is my birthday. So, even more reason to drop another episode, because I love talking about basketball. Let's get into it. Here are my thoughts on the whole Kawhi Leonard situation. Usually I side with the players when I think the players are always right. They have their rights. They've done what they can. Um, And organizations usually are the ones to mess it up. And in the situation between the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard, I think the blame is 50-50. I mean, it's any time a relationship deteriorates. It's very rarely one-sided. It seems like the whole issue in the Kawhi Leonard Spurs situation is simply just a breakdown in communication. And I know Kawhi isn't one to be a man of many words, um, and sometimes Pop can be a man of many words, Um, but very rarely do I think that um, a coach with the pedigree of Pop would sabotage his relationship with his best player, the face and future of his franchise. Um, I think Kawhi went zero dark 30. I think Pop played a little passive aggressive in the media using someone like Tony Parker and Manu um, to take shots at him, which I think was totally unnecessary. But the whole point was they wanted Kawhi to get back into the fold. They wanted him to actually play. And that wasn't what happened. And so now here we are where we're talking about trading the guy, um, you know, up into the draft. We're talking about places he should be traded to, things like that. But here's what I think is going to happen, or here's what I think should happen, because who knows what's actually going to happen, but here's what I think should happen, right? I think the Spurs keep Kawhi. They, you know, July 1st, they plop down the offer, $219 million. Um, If he doesn't sign and says he wants to go to L.A., then here's what you do. You wait and you don't trade him. Because, first of all, two things need to happen. One, nobody actually knows if Kawhi's even healthy. So, by giving him the $219 million, whether or not he's healthy, it signals to everyone else, you know, and he doesn't sign it, and he doesn't play, that, okay, Kawhi is damaged goods. So, um, you know, what you're going to get for him, like L.A., um, or what you're going to get for him maybe might not be the best sort of thing. So, it kind of forces Kawhi's hand in a way. Um, of like, okay, here's the thing. We're going to give you $219 million. If you don't want to sign and you're not going to play, well, you know, you're damaged goods and we're really going to sort of screw you over on where you can go to. Two, so yeah, give him the $219 million. You wait until the trading deadline in February to trade him because by that, by that opportunity, because it's already been said in the media that the Spurs do not want to trade him to the Lakers and there's not even enough the Lakers could give you know, to actually compensate that trade fairly. So basically, by that time, the Lakers will have signed one or two major free agents. Their cap room will be significantly decreased. And so, you know, Kawhi wouldn't be able to go there anyway because they wouldn't have the cap room. And if you wait and trade them, then that means that the team only gets basically two months of Kawhi before the playoffs. And they could trade them with someone really bad and get a bunch of first-round draft picks, you know, next year and next year's draft. Um, So... That's what I think the Spurs should do. What should Kawhi do? Well, I think Kawhi should sign on the dotted line. Because here's the fact of the matter. 
LA is great. I live a little bit south of LA. I love it. The weather's fantastic. But unless you're ready to come here and play and win a championship, we don't have room for you. There's too many legends already that have gone through the Lakers facilities. And unless you're willing to compete with the legends, we don't have room for you. And a superstar like Kawhi doesn't really fit in with the glitz and glamour of L.A. Not only will they want him to be the face of the franchise, if LeBron comes here or not, they also want him to be the ambassador of the franchise. That means he has to go on media tours. He has to go on TV shows. He has to give interviews. He can't just be his quiet self. They're going to expect a lot more from him to step up, to mentor younger players if they have any, to talk about the Lakers, to go overseas and talk about the Lakers, to sell more jerseys, things like that. That doesn't happen if you don't play and if you're not someone who can talk in front of the camera. So I don't think the Lakers are a good fit for Kawhi. It's okay to play somewhere else and have a home here in the offseason. You're gone 42 games a year anyway. Well, for the Lakers, probably a little less because they're playing the Clippers and you know, Sacramento and whatever, but you're going to be gone for a lot of those games that you want to be home. You want to go out. The traffic here sucks. You can't really get anywhere if you want to live anywhere nice. So um, just stay put. Have the chance to be one of the only remaining players who plays for one franchise their whole entire life. That's what I'd do if I was Kawhi. Sign the $219 million. That will send your career into the stratosphere, you will die, uh, you know, they will retire your number as a spur. You will be in the Hall of Fame. If you go to another franchise, especially like the Lakers, that's really going to diminish your chance at that unless you win a championship. And the fact of the matter is the long length and road to the finals in the Western Conference is going to be really tough. If you're not healthy, you're not mentally tough. So, and you think, you know, Pops crucified you? Wait till you come to L.A. The media does not play. So, Kawhi, sign on the dotted line. Spurs, give him the money. Everyone will be happy. Trust will be restored. Put out a public apology. Whatever. That's what should happen. Quickly, I want to talk about the NBA draft. It's coming up tomorrow. I'm going to drop an episode where I recap the draft, what I think about good draft prospects, where they went. I'll do that this weekend. But quickly... Michael Porter Jr., he is the one player that everyone's talking about um, in this draft. I am not sold upon him. He reminds me of Brandon Roy. Great player, had a great couple years, injuries knocked him out. You don't mess around when you have a back injury, when you have a hip flexor. We saw that with Isaiah Thomas. You don't mess around. And for someone who's going as high up as people say – you expect him to produce. And when someone is not healthy, they cannot be out there and produce. Look at what happened with Lonzo this year. Lonzo was, you know, Jesus Christ reincarnated for the Lakers. And he sat out a lot of the season because he was not healthy. And there's a lot of expectations where he didn't meet expectations because he could not play. And that's what I think about Michael Porter Jr. He is a mix between Brandon Roy and Jabari Parker. Great upside, of course, has a lot of potential, you know, good athlete, can stretch the floor, can play a solid four, you know, more like a three guard, solid four, but injury prone. He may have to 
pull a Joel Embiid and sit out whole entire first year. And if you're drafting that high, that's not what you want to do, especially if you have those lower, you know, out of the top two, you know, three, four, and five. Those are some. Those are picks that you want to revitalize your franchise. I hear there's talks of him going to the Dallas Mavericks. I think that's a horrible fit because he's Harrison Barnes, like literally 2.0. You don't need two of those guys. They're not high offensive scorers. You know, they do stretch the floor. They can play some solid D. I don't think that's the franchise for him. I think he drops. I think he should drop a little bit and wait to see, you know, if he's healthy or not. Because if he's not healthy, you don't want to commit to him long term. Um, let us talk about Trey Young. There's talks that he may go to the Cavs at pick number eight. I think that's a, actually a great pickup for them. The reason being the what Trey Young brings to the to the game of basketball is he brings the ability to stretch the floor. That's the reason why the Warriors' offensive sets work because you have someone like Steph Curry who's able to stretch the floor. You have to guard them at 35 feet. That is where the game is going these days. You need somebody like that. And, you know, he's not Kyrie Irving. But when his jumper is on point, his jumper is on point, and he can pass the ball. And for someone like LeBron James, if I'm looking, do I leave or do I stay, it really depends on what they do in this draft. And there's talks that LeBron wants veteran players who have proven themselves. But what we've seen is that the veteran team he established cannot last in the playoffs. They're too old, especially if they go to seven games. And so you have a lot of those older guys, you know, who – don't survive in a seven-game series. They're drained. They have no energy. And so you need those younger guys who have those motors, who can play 82-plus games, you know, can play 30 minutes a night. Someone like Trey Young, I think, brings that. Takes the offensive load a little bit off of, you know, LeBron James. Gives you passing ability. LeBron can start to move and play off the ball if he wants. Also, great salary. Because he's a first-round draft pick, you're only paying him like 3 to $4 million a year. I think that's a great pickup for them. Um, number one, who would I think it's going to go? I think DeAndre Ayton. But this is what I would like to see. Could you imagine if the Phoenix Suns traded the number one pick in DeAndre Ayton to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Carl Anthony Towns? The Phoenix Suns will have Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker. You know they want to play together. Then you take someone who's young. You can mold him like DeAndre Ayton. Pair him with someone like Jimmy Butler who can toughen him up and Tom Tibbs in Minnesota. That is a stacked team, I think a win for both teams and a trade that I would love to see happen because Carl Anthony Towns, you don't really need to develop him. He's kind of already set as a player. He has a defensive mind, you know, mindset from Tibbs. He can go play with Devin Booker. You know, they can run the floor. He can shoot from three. And then, you know, um, DeAndre Ayton gets coached. He gets learned how to be a man in the NBA, how to toughen up how to play with his back to the basket. They're going to learn how to swing the ball around the perimeter, defend all five positions. I think that is a really great trade, one that I would love to see happen. Who do I think is going number two to Sacramento? Honestly, I don't care because the fact of the matter is in Sacramento, that is where players' careers go to die. And they've had a history of drafting a bunch of big men. They have a surplus of big men. Um, you know, A lot of times big men land in Sacramento – they're mediocre, they go somewhere else, and they become even better. And so, honestly, I think they should trade that draft pick away, um, you know, maybe get a couple, you know, trade to Clippers and get 12 and 13, you know, and pick some some guys up that way. That is what I would do. Luka Donich, um, you know, there's talks he'll go number three to Atlanta. I think that's a good pickup for them. Um, 
if it happens, I can't see him going higher than that. I'm still not 100% sold on his game yet. Um, there is a lot of tape but it, it on him, but it's in the EuroLeague. And it's one thing that is a hard transition from the European League where they you know, don't really allow fouls or they do, you know, they don't really allow fouls to the NBA and the NBA plus playoffs. We saw this off season, you know, or this playoff season with James Harden not getting a lot of calls that he expects. And so I just wonder how his game is going to transition whenever you have guys bodying him up, you know, um, you know, 25 feet from the basket. You're having guys that, you know, have the chip on their shoulder like, oh, you're drafted this, you know, this high. You think because you were good in, you know, the European League that you're going to be good, you know, in the NBA, and they're going to just take it out on them. So it's really interesting to see what's going to happen. I think him and Bazemore would be a good pairing in Atlanta, though. Um, they do have, you know, new coach, um, you know, new front office, so they might want to make a big splash with that drafting. So those are my thoughts for this week. Like I said, I'm going to do a recap on the NBA draft when it happens tomorrow night. Tune in. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening to the 10-Minute Basketball Podcast. Have a wonderful week.